Chapter Six of Alice or the Wages of Sin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Alice or the Wages of Sin by Frederick Worden Panborn chapter six a wife is like an unknown sea least known to him who thinks he knows where all the shores of promise be where lie the islands of repose and where the rocks that he must flee the cardinal rose with a dignified look he called for his candle his bell and his book never was heard such a terrible curse but what gave rise to no little surprise nobody seemed a penny the worse the thoughts which were the companions of albert thornbury in his room that night must remain unrecorded the return as from the dead of that woman his wife had wakened all the memories of the past and set his thoughts going backward over his life as he had believed they never could again his was the case of many the case of a young man who had made a mistake loving with the unquestioning ardor of youth he had married cora tate captivated by her houri-like beauty and the charm of her voice heard for the first time in the opera and often afterwards in the drawing-room he had made her his wife their union had been peaceful until the business cares of the london house of dogere and company had taken so much of his time that he could not be her constant companion and she had unwisely begun to accuse him of neglecting her matters went from bad to worse the presence of the count miguel a gray-haired sinner who had taken a passing fancy for cora aiding much to bring about a rupture between husband and wife until one night stung by her sharp tongue albert had lowered himself from his dignity to say that which should have been left unsaid and that night cora left his home and he had never again heard of her until he saw the announcement of her death in the newspapers then he was touched with a feeling of regret that he had been so hasty with his wife for he felt that a little forbearance might have kept her his own and now that she was dead he loved her more than ever he had always cherished in his memory a tender recollection of her as she was when his bride and he felt that he might have even forgiven her had she returned to him penitent he intended never to marry again but she was dead ten years had elapsed since he had seen her and men forget much in ten years particularly in matters of love 
so in falling in with alice it was not strange that he should find that he had changed his mind and might become a husband once more in alice he had found something superior to that which had charmed him in cora a soul akin with his own in thought a mind refined and cultured like his own and his love for her had become the great passion of his life for it is possible let poets say what they may that a man may love with a deeper passion at middle age than in early life it is not always in youth that one finds the wife who is to be to him the partner whom his manhood will desire the pretty girl who seems to him at twenty an angel of beauty may fall far short of filling his cravings at forty what does youth know of the aims ambitions tastes and hopes of manhood can he be certain that the girl so beautiful in her ball dress so sweet at the picnic so lovely in the first months perhaps years of married life when all is bright when cares are few and ambition is a thing unknown will be the helpmate of his sterner years the sharer of his cares and ambitions the confidant of his purposes and hopes does he not often find as the years go on that the angel whom he thought so noble has after all but the minimum of a soul the semblance of an intellect that she is no more capable of understanding his mind than a child that she can have no sympathy with him in his life work and no interest in his ambitions beyond that expressed by bread and butter or perhaps by display and fine clothes how many men find it worth their while to try to interest their wives in their business profession or whatever it may be that is the life of their living the food of their body and mind many do at start no doubt but how many are they who finding no responsive chord there give up the hopeless task and go their way alone their name is legion the man comes home burdened with the cares of his profession or trade he has won his case his article has been accepted he has at last completed that machine which is to revolutionize a branch of industry he has conquered that stubborn case of sickness in a word with one thing which may slice grander than mere existence fresh in his mind and tells his wife of his success it may be that heavy cares are upon his aching mind which he had determined to lay aside for the time while he tells her only of his good fortune he tells her all about it with the declamatory ardor of an exalted soul yes dear she says it's very nice but i do wish that sarah might have a new cloak 
the one she's wearing is positively shabby and by the way the plumber called for his money today or she responds with some equally high-toned and agreeable thing and this is all he gets and all he ever will get she has lost her charm she has not grown any during all these years of life while he has gone far ahead she may have been too much burdened with children and cares to have had time for improvement but the fact remains she is not his companion she can never be he has made a mistake in alice albert had found a mind akin to his own she was much younger in years than he to be sure but she had what the girl at the picnic had not at eighteen she had become well educated and knew as much as he did with his seven and thirty years of those things which broaden the understanding and make further development a matter of course she was a fit companion for his manhood and he loved her loved her as men love who have made mistakes and have learned to profit by them knowing the difference between painted and solid substances the difference between eyes that merely sparkle with beauty and eyes behind which lie a cultivated mind knowing the difference between schoolgirl tattle and conversation between society polish and a developed intellect he loved her and had made up his mind to marry her when like a change of scene in a pantomime appeared the wife of the past and the wife of the future the wife for whom his heart yearned began to vanish out of sight and the vision of what might have been was all that he had remaining cursed by a mistake like thousands of others he read his doom and it both saddened and maddened him when the morning came alice received a note from him telling her that he had been compelled to go to the city on business and enclosing his compliments to mr and mrs dogere business said mr dogere i don't know what business could call him off like that let me see let me see puffing out his cheeks and snapping his fingers there is nothing at the office to call him hum ho i say alice added the old man winking at her couldn't you post us as to the cause of his absence alice blushed at the blunt remark and made answer in the negative so plainly and with such evident truthfulness that mr dogere was convinced that he had made a mistake so he dropped the matter and after breakfast went to the city himself mr dogere was right there was no business which should call albert to town that day alice wondered that morning what it could be which had taken him so suddenly away the thought that he had told an untruth even a little one such as the letter might contain never entered her head after hearing his opinion of liars last night 
she could not think that he would lie even in so small a way as that he could not lie so the girl decided to wait for explanations until he should be ready to give them a method of disposing of a doubt which it would be well for most people to adopt and to amuse herself for the day by a visit to some friends farther down the beach mr dojier bothered in his brains not a little over albert's sudden whim as he called it being always more or less interested in other folks's business as well as his own and not having any of his own to trouble him just then this was a failing of mr dojier he was opinionated stubborn quick to form judgments and pokey as the new englanders termed it although good-hearted and just at bottom and if there was any one thing which mr dojier did dislike more than another it was mystery so he bothered his brains he knew that there was no business which would call albert away but when he arrived at his office he found that there was some business which was not part of that laid out in his day-book of matters to be attended to something which made the old man thoroughly angry and made him very unpleasant company for the clerks during the night the place had been robbed and a quantity of fine laces just imported were gone no one knew how it happened and mr doget was excited and angry albert who was there before mr doget had been investigating the matter but without success the goods were gone and that was all that was known about it mr doget was in a state of mind which would have found relief in discharging every man in the place but not being quite fool enough to do that he went for albert as the boys say in his bluntest style with a subject which had nothing whatever to do with the robbery say thornberry he said what did you want to go off last night in such a fashion as that for and then send a lying note about it albert never became angry when mr doget was mad he merely looked at his partner and although his face flushed with anger at the insult he made no reply whatever but took up his hat and left the room hm said the old man fine set of fellows i've got round here let me tell you there's got to be an improvement in this place before long or i'll know why and he settled himself down for the day of first-class dudgeon and a day of sorry hard times for the clerks who could not afford like albert to take their hats and leave until the storm should have passed albert went about during the day thinking much over his strange predicament and cruel fate he loved her and he knew that she loved him in fact he had already shown her he feared that he loved her 
and she would expect a fuller declaration from him soon should he tell her the truth the whole truth and trust her nobility of mind to judge him fairly it would be a hard thing to do to tell the woman to whom he had only half proposed that the reason he could not marry her was that he was already married had he any warrant for telling her this perhaps not but on the other hand he knew that she would expect something from him he could not bear the thought of having her believe him a male flirt that most contemptible of all two-legged creatures what to do he did not know he could not flee altogether society would gossip he was in sore distress but he made up his mind to do one thing anyhow he would return to the branch and let things take their own course better would it have been for him had he decided to face the gossip's fire better a thousand times had he fled forever from the land but who knows what is best for him in this world of doubts and dilemmas and albert was but one of us a mortal with all a mortal's liability to err in judgment he returned to the branch and took up his quarters explaining his letter to alice by stating that his business was finished and she had too much sense to care to ask what might have been the nature of his sudden call it was a lie which he had told her a lie indefinite but none the less a lie o oh, man how well thou canst preach how pearly dost thou practice End of chapter six